Alien. Goddamn, it's Caveman Aliens Ransom. We are on chapter 23. Summary to this point. The ladies were taken off Earth, unwillingly transported to another planet. There was a small uh, uprising in the alien spaceship that was put down instantly by the aliens' incredibly high level of technology. They were dropped on this planet that's prehistoric in a way because there's dinosaurs and alien cavemen with fantastical penises, which is actually true. That is not a joke. Sophia, our main character, has fallen in love with Jackson, who is, I guess, the secondary, the love interest in this case. Turns out he's the chief of his village. They have set up a very cliche uh, church versus state situation, which I'm not really happy about. They are trying to decide if they're going to go get the ladies and bring them to the village, or if they don't, Sophia says she's going to leave and have to leave the man of her dreams, who is actually not a man, but an alien. They have had sex three times that I can remember. Uh, the first time was very uncomfortable for me. It was pretty descriptive. The other times it's been shorter and more pleasant, so I'm okay with that. Oh, four. I've had sex four times. Four times in 23 chapters, though, actually isn't that bad. Uh, I am hoping that we get past this part and actually start dealing with sort of the situation. We did find out that this all-male society is birthed from plants that the men have sex with, in a way. They don't, they don't make it sound like it's pleasurable. They put their seed in this plant. Uh, it combines enough, and essentially you get clones. So these are clones of men. I don't know if they degrade over time. I assume the plant would give them enough sort of uh, DNA. I, again, I have to start using like science fiction magic storytelling to make it work. But yeah, it, it makes sure that the DNA is either exactly the same, so you're just getting a carbon copy with no sort of genetic mishaps, or it's introducing new DNA from the plant to make sure that there's a certain amount of variety. I guess since the men are not having babies with the other men, or at least they haven't said that yet, that genetic diversity is not a problem because you're just getting carbon copy clones. Anyways, chapter 23, chapter 24, we are at the 70% mark. I'm surprised. It feels like it's been really long and really short at the same time, which is the sign of a pretty in-depth book and story. Chapter 23, Caveman, Aliens, Ransom, a sci-fi BBW, Alien, Faded, Mates, Romance, Caveman, Aliens, Book 1, Sophia. And boy, are they ever thorough. Their council meeting is a ledge on the face of a cliff. Fifteen guys, mostly older ones, sit on animal skins in a ring and are attended by some young men who stand ready with food and drink to serve any council member that lifts his earthenware drinking vessel or plate. So this is pretty fancy, fancy society they got going on. I sit a little aside and I keep the translator off. I have no idea how much charge its battery still holds and I'm not sure it's worth it to translate this whole debate. But even so, I realize that there are two sides and that the discussion is very heated. One side is Jackson's, or probably mine and the girl's. The other side is the shaman's. He talks a lot and Jackson speaks much more rarely. But when he does, everyone listens. Now I'm going to add in a little bit of stuff here and there. Because he's hot and manly and I've had sex with him. I'm impressed. He's the youngest one there by decades, probably. But he seems to hold his own just fine. 
I finally have a chance to really observe the men here. They look more like cavemen than Jackson does. They look more primitive. They have more scars. They're more sinewy. They're more sinewy, less muscular. They've had tough lives, absolutely. So has Jackson, of course. And he looks stronger and more vital than even the younger men serving the food and drinks. The idea that he's born from an egg in a plant doesn't appeal to me, doesn't appeal too much to me for some reason. It's because it's alien, that's why. But looking around here, I start to wonder, despite what he says and thinks about it, I'm not sure he comes from the same place as these other ones do. Ah, she's making him out to be special. He's too different. The glow in his eyes is too intense. Can a clone seem this unique? Well, as unique as the previous one, yeah, okay. It's just a gut feeling that probably clouded by, that's probably clouded by feelings I have for him. But none of the other males here attract me at all. I shake my head. I'm not making much sense. Well, I was always good at wishful thinking. I estimate that one hour goes by, then two. Sometimes one of the men looks over at me, and sometimes they all stare openly at the same time when someone has made a point that concerns me very directly. I look up at the sky. The sun has long since set, and the soft light from the fire in the middle of the ledge can't overpower the dazzling spread of stars from horizon to horizon. The evening air is balmy, and many exotic sounds from the jungle settle down. Only the soft tinkling from a nearby waterfall can be heard. It's a good location, this. Very idyllic. If it turns out that I'm stuck here, I suppose I will sometimes be able to trick myself into thinking that it's back to nature. It's a back-to-nature resort. The discussion heats up, and I realize that they're getting close to the end. The shaman seems to sum up his points, and Jackson follows up with a passionate speech that has to make an impact on them. With his clear, calm, and deep voice, it sure makes an impact on me, and I don't even know what he's saying, but I'm moved that he's obviously really making an effort on my behalf, and the girls. God, how are they now? I feel the sting in my heart when I think of them. I've enjoyed Jackson's protection for days, while they've been stuck in a knock-dactyl central with not even a gun. Knock-dactyls are the name they've come up for the not-pterodactyls, those flying dinosaur-like birds. I hope they're doing okay. The shaman seems to think that they're already killed by the many dangers on the planet, but I don't think so. We Earth girls are more resilient than we probably thought ourselves. Okay. A metal ring is passed around the circle of tribal councilmen. When they receive it, they say something, one after the other, probably taking a vote. A silence ensues. Then the shaman says something that sounds like a question. They all look at Jackson. He glares at the shaman and then grunts something. It doesn't sound like an agreement, more like an angry acceptance. I feel for my gun. Shit. It sounds like I lost. Jackson slowly gets up and comes over to me. He takes me by the arm gently and leads me to the other men, who are still sitting down. He doesn't look me in the eyes. I switch the translator on with fingers that shake. I'm afraid now. Mother of Zren, he states with a neutral face that scares me. The council has determined that the prophecy has come to pass and that you are the mother it speaks of. You will breed with the warrior who found you on the waters of Boon. You will be a reverend. You will be revered as the mother of the planet. I stare at him. This was not the bad part, although I don't care for the tone at all. But now I see a wince on his face. The next, the next thing he says will be bad. He takes a deep breath. The tribe has also discussed the other women at Boon. It has been determined that they are the treasure as spoken of by the prophecy brought to us by the mother. They are not mothers, but they are alien females who are unlawfully treading on Boone's sacred soil. They have thus made themselves lawless 
However, the tribe will consider to let them remain alive if they agree to give themselves over to the tribe. Oh, I wasn't expecting that part. They will help the tribe repopulate naturally. They will serve the tribe and breed with any warrior who demands it for as long as they are fertile. Oh my God. That is pretty hardcore. But, honestly, in keeping with the alien caveman sort of mentality that these would just be things to use, not people. Whew, that's hard though. A message will be sent to them to that effect. He quickly snatches the squeaky translator out of my hands. This device will be used when a warrior gives them the message. I get the idea. The girls have to give themselves over to the tribe for slavery, or these guys will kill them, or at least let the planet kill them. They'll never agree, I state with a voice that shakes. They'll rather die, and so would I. Shit, this is turning out much worse than I thought. The tribe does suspect that, he continues, and I can see the pain in his alien face. In order to secure their cooperation, it will be stated to them that if they don't comply, the mother will be put to death. If they agree to the... If they agree to be bred by the tribe, you will be spared. I'm genuinely stunned for a moment. This is beyond disastrous. You can't do this, I state loudly and calmly as I can. And I try and I try the only argument I hope will work on these guys. It's pure evil. Your ancestors will get angry if you treat the mother like that. You're giving in to the darkness. The, j- the shaman gives a bark of laughter. The mother is a sacred woman, but she's still a young female without any knowledge of the prophecy. I had a voice for him. The mother is a sacred woman, but she is still a young female without any knowledge of the prophecy. There is no darkness in this. The ancestors are smiling at us even now. I look at Jackson straight in the eye. If you think I'll breed with you after this, you are completely mistaken. Oh, she's doing the like, if you don't do what I want, I'm going to take sex away from you. But he's, this is, he's only had sex four times in his life, and he really enjoys it, it appears. He juts his jaw out. The mother is sacred, he says, whatever he means by that. And then he turns his back to look over, out over the village below the ledge with his arms crossed over his chest. He has clearly done his duty as the chief, but now he's finished with the whole thing. The hurt, I feel, is probably not rational. He has no choice, but he seems so much larger than life that I can't help but feel he should do more for me. Tears sting... Oh, I should be tears. Tears sting my eyes, but I won't weep openly. I have some pride, too. Strong hands grab me, and I'm dragged away by two young... Whoa, fuck off. I'm dragged away by two young warriors. No. She can stay sort of in house arrest. You don't need to... Drag her away. You would not drag away my lady friend. Okay, I'm not going to be all, you know, I'm a big hero, but if we've gotten this far and I'm the chief, you're not touching my lady friend like that. They place me in another cave that's considerably larger than Jackson's and has the same access to the underground waterfall in the back, but it's also impossible to leave. They remove a ladder, and then there are sheer cliff faces both upwards and downwards from the opening. I'm 30 feet above ground. I'm trapped. This is a prison cell, and I'm being held for ransom. Oh, good God, she did it! Total surprise, out of left field. I was expecting the other tribe they'd introduced would capture some ladies and there would be a ransom there. I was expecting a different kind of ransom. This is good because it's a surprise. I was not ready for it. I applaud you, author, for at least making me not know what's coming next. And we're on to the next chapter because I'm excited to see what happens. Oh, and we get to Jackson's point of view of what just happened, which is a great way to start. I stare at the cave where she is. The opening is dark, and I shudder to think of what she must feel now. The tribe is unwise sometimes. 
This was the wrong decision. And yet, I'm the chief. I had to do my duty to the tribe. Without the tribe, we're lost and dead in this impossible world. Defying the tribal council would never cross my mind. Until now, defiance is always met with death. It can be no other way. Only unity protects us. None of us can survive for more than a little while without a strong tribe, a refuge, a support, a home, a place to belong. Alien women desecrating our forbidden mountain must not be allowed to divide us. I consider the shaman's points in the discussion. He's smart, and his arguments were good. The alien females could be spies sent by the plude, or saboteurs tasked with breaking our tribe, making us weak for the plude to attack us once more from the sky. After all, the container they came in was definitely a plude construction, round and simple and ugly. Okay, but the plude are the aliens who kidnapped the ladies and dropped them on this planet. It was demonstrated that the Plude's technological capacity was so much so that they could freeze the women in place by moving a finger. Now, we don't know if that moving a finger was pressing a button or some sort of space magic, but technologically speaking, the caveman aliens would not provide any sort of threat to the Plude from what I've seen so far. So this line of logic that the shaman has produced is actually a fallacy because the Plude are unbeatable for the caveman aliens. So the Plude are going to do what the Plude want to do. I mean, that's sort of maybe something my grandfather used to always say. A Plude's always going to Plude. And you got to remember that, you know, when you're out about in the streets, Plude's going to Plude. Nothing you can do about it. Uh, they might even be here against their own will, but as agents of unrest, their presence alone has already created some difficulties between me and the shaman. The tribe is obviously weaker than it was only yesterday. Her cave is still dark. What is she thinking? About me? I groan involuntarily. What is that alien cave? Nice. No, it doesn't bear thinking about. My heart splits if my thoughts even touch upon it. She can't possibly hold me in very high regard now, and I do feel like a traitor. She made me a new man. She opened my... <laughs> she did. Uh, she opened my soul for such emotions and experiences that I will never be the same again. The love I feel for her has taken over all of me. Despite the fact they've only been together for a couple of days. This is like high school romance level love because it's been three, four days. They've had sex for him the first time in his life. He's overwhelmed by chemicals in his brain saying he's in love and he wants to keep this going. Uh, ten years from now, he might actually feel different. Not No commentary on my marriage. Uh, the urge to go to her now and to protect her is overwhelming, and yet I can't. At best, it would make me an outcast. The tribe has spoken. It wants her captive, held for ransom, to force her friends to give themselves up for mating. Anything I do to help her will mean that I lose the tribe, and losing the tribe means death. For Sophia, for her friends, and for me. Um... That's two chapters. I'm going to do one more because it's only been 15 minutes and these usually go much longer. But interesting conundrum Jackson is in because he's going to help his lady. Like we know he is, which means he will be separated from the tribe, I think. Well, let's find out. Chapter 25, Sophia. There are soft skins and a pile of food and even clothing of the same kind that Jackson made for me, except these have been colored blue. Probably they were made for a young boy of the tribe. Ah, are they holding to like earth traditions that blue is for boy and pink is for girls? I guess they wouldn't have pink because there's no girls on the planet. I'm so disappointed I bury my face. Actually, thinking about it, if you had a planet of only men, then everything would end up being masculine. So like pink 
which we consider feminine, would be masculine in some way. So there would be no cultural bias towards colors. I'm actually now fascinated by this idea that like a guy would come in wearing all pink and everyone would be like, oh, you look so manly. And a guy would come in wearing all blue and he'd be like, oh, you look so manly. Like as long as it accentuates you, because I am super pale with a pink undertone being the whitest man on earth. I bet pink would actually, actually every color makes me look washed out. No, I'll just stick with black, gray, and white. Okay, uh, I'm so disappointed I bury my face in the skins and cry for a good while. Damn, I really thought they'd help, or at the very least, that Jackson would take a stronger stand in my favor. You have no idea. Since you didn't listen to the translation, you don't know if he did or not. That's bullshit. He's supposed to be the chief. You think he could pull some strings? Ah, she's feeling down. I get it. Well, he spoke forcefully, and he was clearly outvoted, and I guess he had no choice after that, but still... I punched the skins a couple of times to calm and calm down. I'm supposed to be the happy-go-lucky one. I fucking hate this single element of this story. The, the referring to herself as a trope really bugs me. The cheerful one who always thinks everything will turn out okay. This is probably as good a time as any to practice what I preach. I think it will feel better than just to give in to black depression. I examine the cave more. I can't see any guards, but the reason is, obviously, I can't escape in any other way than jumping to my death. The waterfall in the back of the cave also gives me no way to climb up or down. I have to escape. I have a feeling there is no time to lose. If these guys get to the girls before I do, then the girls will be surprised and may well give in to the demands if they think I'll die otherwise. Then they'll be stuck in what sounds sounded a lot like sexual slavery. I have to get there first so the tribe doesn't have a hold on them. Yeah, this is all fair. You got to get there first so that they know what they're in for to not come to the tribe. I, I'm agreeing with Sophia uh, when she's removing the emotions and talking about the situation properly. Um, we'll defend ourselves as well as we can. I still have the gun and I've learned a few things about the planet from walking through the jungle alongside Jackson. Sister, it's been a day. You don't know shit. I lie down on the skins again, curl up and yawn. It's been a long day, and there's not much I can do in the darkness. I'll just wait till morning. A sharp noise from the cave entrance startles me awake. I get a hold of my gun and tiptoe over there. Hmm. Someone's put a ladder up to the ledge above. The one that the two young warriors hoisted me down here from. I shake it, and it doesn't rattle much. Seems stable. Oh, you're getting out, baby! Is it a trap, or is someone trying to help me escape? It's someone helping you escape, because... the They've never... I just don't know. Would they have done this kind of thing before? What? It'd be interesting to see what the other tribe think of a woman. Do they have sort of the bullshit preconceptions that, you know, Western society on Earth has or not? But anyways. Uh, well, I can't get any more trapped than I am right now, so there's not much for me to lose. That is the right attitude. I climb up to the next level as quietly as I can. It's a deserted ledge with no cave opening, but there's another ladder leading, leading further up. I climb up that, then the next, and soon I'm on top of the cliff and the whole village is underneath me. Huh, that was easy. I can see the flickering firelight from some of the caves. Jackson is dark. Oh, Jackson's is dark. So his cave is dark. Asleep after our strenuous walk through the jungle? No, of course not. Someone put that ladder back. And while I'm not the smartest person alive, even I realize it had to be him. He's probably close by, and he's probably watching me right now. An insane part of me wants to go over to his cave and get him to come with me. I have a feeling he might want to, but he would lose a lot if he did. I think that shaman asshole has a better grip on the tribe than he does. Being that much younger than the other authority figures is probably a weakness, even for a chief. 
Chexan probably did what he could, but I can only guess that in this tribe, acting on his own is out of the question. Being outcast on a planet like this, having to always... Oh, she's reiterating what he said. Having to always fend for himself against dinosaurs and huge centipedes and not dactyls, and I don't know what is certain death. Despite everything, I absolutely understand how tough that would be. I can't force him or guilt him into that. This is the kind of thing he has to decide for himself. He knows I need him for a thing like this. If he's not here now, it means he's not coming. I have no illusions about my abilities to make it back to Boone in the Tuna Can alive, but there are so many dangers in this jungle, and I've probably not even seen half of them. She's thinking pretty clearly. I mean, I gotta give her credit. She's speaking pretty clearly about all this. I take the gun into my hand again. Well, I, she said she had four bullets left. Well, I know which way to go, and I know I have to do it. I owe the girls that much. Hey, I'm the happy-go-lucky one. They usually make it to the end. Sometimes. I take a deep breath and walk into the jungle. There seems to be much fewer animals and dinosaurs around now. Maybe they're less active at night, and the going is much easier as I've stumbled across a much-used path in the jungle that happens to point pretty much straight back to Boone and the girls. At least I completed my mission. I tried to get help. The answer was no, but now we know. The stars and the weird blue moon in the sky give me enough light to see, and I'm starting to feel better about this whole thing. Maybe it won't take several days this time. I might be able to get there in about a one whole day. The thing that scares me the most is, well, centipedes, of course, and dinos. But I worry the most about other tribes. I got a little too close to being sacrificed on a stone altar, and I'm thinking once is probably enough for once in a life for one lifetime. It was never my bucket list in the first place. The sun rises, and I notice the winding path. I'm walking is not really a path. The, what? The ground is just overgrown as everywhere else, and there are no footprints anywhere. It's still clearly much easier to walk, as if the worst of the branches and the bushes have been cleared away. Maybe this is what passes for a highway in the jungle. I must have walked for ten hours when I come to the waterfall with the clear pool. The memory of the great times I had here with Jackson was not that long ago, and they sent a sharp barb into my heart because I miss him. And, yes, fine, because I still love him. I do. He's the best man I've ever met, by far. God, it's been days. It's been days. I guess it's the faded romance part that I don't accept. I don't accept that people fall in love absolutely that quickly. Uh, anyways, totally responsible and calm and masterful in his super tough environment. He's just like praising him again. Consider it Mormon honest. I know I just would live the rest of my life with him and be happy. Even here, even on this Jurassic planet, it would be tough, but I would like to be unbearable at times and I could be happy. So he isn't helping me anymore. Can I really expect it of him? This is just back and forth. Sophia, again, as written, uh, is consistent as a character. So again, I, I, I do like to shit on the book, but you also have to point out its good points. The characters are consistent. And Sophia is flip-flops like this all the time. So this is consistent. It would be like expecting someone back on earth to do something for me that would get him sentenced to death. No one can expect that of someone else. I understand him. This whole thing was sprung on him just as much as it was sprung on me. He's done. Okay, she's going to do this for like two pages and then he's going to pop out and help her. Or he's going to send someone to help her, something like that. He's done okay. I mean, that mother of Zren thing seemed pretty important to him, and he's given me up even when he didn't have to. I drink my fill and take a short dip in the cool water to freshen up. It's a good sign that I'm here already. I'm making good progress, and I'll probably be by the tuna can late tonight, if I survive. Now I can follow the same path that Juxan and I came here by from in the other direction, and since he cleared the path for me back then, I can still walk pretty fast. 
I'm looking around more, keeping the gun ready. This is the area where the wreck dino got me. It was like a giant velociraptor type thing. And it didn't kill her. It was taking her to feed her live to its babies, which was pretty cool. But I don't see any of them this time. In fact, I hardly see any wildlife at all. It's like they're keeping away. Chaksan might be doing this. I hear some noises once in a while, but mostly it's just leaves rustling in the breeze or some smaller rodent-like things going about their business. Even the worst of the insects seem to be asleep. I'm sweating a lot, but the dinosaur skin clothing keeps, seems to absorb it. Maybe that's why the dinos keep away, because I smell like one of them and they're afraid of what I might turn out to be. That's actually pretty good. I wouldn't have thought of that. Or maybe they've learned to associate the sight of me with some of them dying horribly. Jackson did dispose of a whole bunch of them last time they saw me. I keep walking, always looking around. It's becoming second nature. My confidence collapses when I hear a horrendous roar from in among the trees in front of me. It's a deep roar with a screechy undertone, like what you'd expect from a really big monster. The ground shakes and I realize that something seriously huge is approaching from straight ahead. I go into a crouch and hold the gun out away from me, painfully aware that if this thing is coming as that large as it sounds, I might as well shoot it with spitballs as with bullets. I wait and feel the ground rattle with each step the dino takes. It roars once more and I wince and expect a huge shadow to fall on me at any time. Then the ground shakes one more time, really hard. And I know my last moment alive has arrived. I hear tree branches break and thick trunks being splintered in it. Oh, sorry. Uh, They should kill Sophia here and have Jackson take over as the main character. Because we're at 75% of the book complete. That Killing off the main character then would be completely out of left field. I would love that, but of course, most people aren't brave enough to do that kind of stuff. And a deep, unearthly groan rattles the leaves on the trees close to me. Then there's only silence. I stay down for several minutes. I don't trust this damn planet further than I can throw it. And this seems just like the kind of trick to try to pull. But then I start to feel silly and I straighten up. Still nothing happens. It's just silent, not a sound. I take a step forward and peer in among the trees. Nothing. I venture a few more steps, expecting to see a giant gape full of teeth at any moment. But nothing happens. The jungle is as peaceful as ever. When I finally find the monster, it's laying on its side on the ground, having crushed a whole glade of trees when it collapsed. It's immensely easy, It's immense, easily the size of a house, and I can't help but notice that it looks a lot like a T-Rex giant mouth. Huh? And I can't help but notice that it looks a lot like a T-Rex giant mouth and tiny forelimbs and all. Oh, it looks a lot like a giant T-Rex, comma, giant mouth and tiny forelimbs and all. Except this one has two tails and dirty white feathers all over it. I can't help but wretch at the smell of it. It's rank. I can't tell how it died, but it's definitely dead. It would have major problems getting back upright from that position. It died right before it would have seen me and done what and done what these things usually do when they see defenseless alien university chicks. I scratch my head and look around. Maybe it saw a glimpse of me and was scared to death. I know that elephants are sometimes afraid of mice. That's not true. And I've seen large dogs scared out of their minds by much smaller animals. And I've heard of certain sheep that just faint and fall over when they stand, where they stand where they're startled. I prod the tough feathery skin with a stick. No movement. Maybe it had some kind of heart condition. Good joint. I like that. I can't figure it out, so I walk a large circle around the beast to find the path again. I walk for more hours, pacing myself and walking just slow enough to be able to keep a good lookout in every direction. I'm getting pretty confident in my ability to survive in this jungle. Yeah, overconfident. And I start thinking about what the girls might be up to while I was gone. I probably shouldn't get my hopes up. When I left, they were already, they already had to walk pretty far to find more fruit to eat. And I don't think it had rained more 
since uh, then that one night. So water is probably scarce. I should probably prepare myself to see the girls not doing well when I get there. Maybe they're even dying already. Wow. She's putting herself in a dark space. This sentence I don't like. Just I haven't read the whole sentence yet, but I read the first two words. Would sexual slavery be better than starving to death? Maybe it wouldn't be so bad. I knew she was going to say that. Uh, don't demean yourself. That's, that's the short version. I shake my head and I think, I know the girls. I know myself. We have our integrity. Good. We're not going to give up, but I suppose I should let the girls decide for themselves. At least I know more about what kind of plants are edible now, so that should help. But still, being happy-go-lucky may not be enough. I enter a clearing in the jungle and see that the mountain called Boone is right ahead. Maybe three hours more and I'll be there. I clear my head of thoughts about the future and concentrate on being on my guard against attack. But I'm not attacked, not for the entire trip. Not by other tribes, not by centipedes, not by dinosaurs. I often hear rustling and distant roars and screeches, but I never see any movement except for little rodent-like things. Maybe the planet realizes it owes me a break. It's Jackson, man. He's taking care of you. The sun sets as I climb up on Boone and find the stream. Then I walk along it until I can see the metallic sheen of the tuna can in the distance. I'm completely worn out, but I still feel butterflies of excitement in the pit of my stomach. I can't wait to see the girls again. I don't bring anything they want, not even good news, but at least we'll be together again. I walk unsteadily, unsteadily to the tuna can on legs that feel like jelly. My knees could give out at any moment. I knock on the door and hear a tinny sound reverberate through the tuna can. Hey guys, it's me, Sophia. I can hear movement inside. The door slides open. Okay, so I am going to stop there. That's 30 minutes. Um, she meets the girls. Ah, are they all sickly? I, I'm actually, because of the turn of events, I'm, I'm finding it difficult to predict, which is the best part of this, is I can't predict what's going to happen. There was a while there I was predicting everything accurately. Now we've gotten to a point where I actually am getting thrown some curveballs. I'm not ready for all this. Uh, she meets the girls. They've survived. They've had some incidences. There's injuries and they're not starving, but they're in bad shape. So she helps them get back in shape. Jackson will not cross into Boone. So he's been protecting them the whole time. They will not submit to sexual slavery. Uh, that's fine. Other warriors come to visit, maybe? Uh, they're going to have to make contact somehow. The yellow-skinned warriors, the ones with the yellow stripes, maybe they will come and uh, there's a conflict. I don't know. I really don't know. We have so much in play. We have the other tribe, which has only been incidental so far. We have Jackson. We have the shaman. We have the members of the tribe who have, you know, undisclosed motivations. And we have uh, the ladies themselves Knowing they can move, again, shelter's the issue, but knowing they can move somewhere, yeah, they got to, they got, I don't know, I don't know. This is maybe the best part of this thing so far is I am now at a point, 75% into this book. I don't know what's going to happen next. So please uh, come back next time and join me for, to find out what happens in Caveman Aliens Ransom. I love you, Chuck Sun. <laughs>